Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. On today's show, we'll be announcing the winners of the 2022 Fielding Bible Awards. Our VP of Baseball, Bobby Scales, is with me today. Hey, Bobby. Mark, how we doing? We're good. And we're also joined by Justin Stein, our producer. We'll hear from some of the winners as well. This is the 17th annual Fielding Bible Awards. We're pleased with how they're received, both by fans and in the industry. We give out one award at each position and an award to the best multi-position player. Voting is done by a panel of 15 baseball experts, Bobby and myself among them. That group includes, as we said, Bobby, Eduardo Perez, writers like Peter Gammons and Rob Nyer, and others who watch baseball closely all year long. Each voter ranks the top 10 players at each position. No easy feat. And we award points based on where a player was ranked. The player with the most points wins the award. So let's get to it. At catcher, our third-place finisher was J.T. Realmuto of the Phillies. Our second-place finisher was the Orioles' rookie catcher, a very impressive season for Adley Rutschman. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award at catcher is Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees. Jose Trevino led all catchers with 21 defensive runs saved. He was the premier catcher in our pitch-framing stat, strike zone runs saved. Trevino is the first Yankees catcher to win a Fielding Bible Award. Bobby, you voted him number one, as did I. What did you like most about him? Well, there's there's a couple things. The the first is obviously the the strikes run save stat is is a big thing. Getting those edge pitches, not just from the umpires that typically give a little bit more off the edges, whether it be the right side of the plate or the left side of the plate, not not handed dependent on the hitter, but also I think that how he goes about doing it. There's Mark, you, you and I are of age that we remember the Charlie O'Briens, the Paul Baccos of the world. I played with Paul briefly. It was a very different style of catching back in those days, right? It was a get set up, get to your spot early, be very quiet and small manipulations of the, you know, the glove to try to get those pitches, to make those pitches appear closer to the plate or on the plate if they're off. Now it's a very different style. The The movements are much bigger. They're much sharper. They're much more aggressive. For me, Jose Trevino led that stat and led pitch framing across the major leagues, but he did so in a hybrid way. I mean, these guys are, you know, you're going down to up with the frame, with the movements and everything now. But I think for me, his are so much quieter. He's able to get more strikes, even with some of the newer umpires that are a little bit younger and, and come up with when the manner in which the guys catch is different. I think he blends both of those, and I think it it speaks to why his pitch framing numbers, his metrics were so much better than everybody else. The second piece to that is we saw the exchange he had in the All-Star game with Nestor, and obviously they're both you know, not mic'd up during regular season games or what have you, but nonetheless, that level of communication and understanding with your pitching staff is really important. The third piece for me, he's got a staff with guys who have nasty stuff, stuff that cuts late, that jumps through the zone late. Nestor, you have he probably doesn't even know probably 25% of the time what arm angle or what delivery he's going to use in that particular delivery. So put all of those factors together. For me, it was very easy to put number one, the the hard numbers and then the, the things that I observed watching him catch quite a bit this year. Yeah, Jose Trevino led the Yankees in defensive runs saved. The Yankees set a DRS record this year with 129 defensive runs saved. Defensive runs saved, now a 20-year-old stat. We have plenty of data from which to work. Yankees were the best, and Jose Trevino was the best as well. 
We can move on to first base, finishing in third place in the voting, a guy who's won before several times, Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals. Another winner in the past, Matt Olson of the Braves, finished in second place. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award at first base is Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Christian Walker was the runaway winner in defensive runs saved at first base with 17. He joined Paul Goldschmidt as the only Diamondbacks first baseman to win the award. Walker got 12 of 15 first place votes. We talked to him earlier this season, and Christian had a lot to say about how he got better at the position. I think what's changed more recently, where, where I've taken the most strides for myself, is, is just learning how to practice defense. I think for a while, you know, when you're younger, everybody says, you know, work hard, take a lot of reps. It's but 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 for me, I felt like nobody really taught me how to get better at defense other than just taking ground balls and and practicing and and that's that's helpful and it's beneficial and i think a certain amount of reps help development to some extent but i feel like in the last three or four years and you know really working with with tony Perez chica and some of the great defenders that i've crossed paths with here nick ahmed and paul goldschmidt you know even outfielders Peralta was was a great outfielder but but seeing them and how seriously they take their practice and how fast they practice. And it's not necessarily about taking a hundred ground balls every day, but the 10 ground balls, the 20 ground balls that I take, I'm going to treat them like game speed. I'm going to act like there's a runner running the bases. I'm going to try to make sure my throwing lane is open. You know, I'm going to entertain different scenarios. I'm going to play, I'm going to take ground balls from a shifted position. I'm going to take ground balls from shading the line, like just taking 50 ground balls at a straight up position and fielding them at half, you know, half effort and throwing them back in. I think it can be helpful, but for me, really developing as a defender came from how I practice, practicing fast, practicing hard, and and taking every rep very seriously. Bobby, your thoughts on Christian Walker? Well, what Christian touched on in an interview, talking about how he never really learned how to play and practice properly until he got to the major league level. I won't, I won't say that happens all the time, but you do hear that from time to time from a lot of players across all the positions. It's just such another level. It's another level in everything you do. You think you have a good work ethic until you get to the upper levels in the big leagues. You think you have a good practice routine until you get to the upper levels in the big leagues. And then you see guys, regardless of position, that have done it and done it really well and done it really well for a long time. And then that that forces you to up your game. And I think that one of the things that for me in watching him go about his business and watching him uh, and some of the, the, the film that I was able to see, the thing that I like the most is he pay, plays a very aggressive, offensive first base defense. And what I mean by that is some of the guys you see that struggle defensively, they're gun shy. They, they don't read hops well. They're not aggressive with their eyes and their body movements. Somewhere along the way, whether it be in the minor leagues or in the major leagues, someone has told him, hey, man, listen, you have to be aggressive on defense and be off play defense offensively. I know for myself in my career, that helped me turn a corner at one point in my career defensively. And it, and it looks like he's gotten that same advice too. And so I just, I like the way he moves. I particularly like the way he moved around the bag for me. Good first baseman. It's not just the balls you catch. It's not the line drives. It's not the ground balls, the balls in the backhand. It, it's, it's the way you move around the bag and the way you receive throws at first base that give your fielders comfort. And it takes that, takes the rest of the infield to another level when they're able to do that. And clearly this year, as he as as you know, as you stated, Mark, he was the runaway winner winner in defensive run saves. And of course, that's not the only thing we look at. Obviously, the eyeball test has something to do with it too. But then when you go back and look at the how, 
it tells you a, a it gives you a good picture as to actually how he got to that level. We had a good conversation with Christian earlier this season. You also mentioned to me off air that he's not necessarily the ideal first baseman in terms of height. He's not. I mean, he's not. He's not an overly tall human, right? I mean, you look at some of the guys. He's six foot tall. That's I'm. I'm six foot. He's much stouter and probably a better athlete than me. But nonetheless, you know, that's a normal. That's a normal size human, especially in professional athlete circles. That said, you mean you look at Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt, I, I believe, is is much taller than that. Six three, six four, possibly. And then I, I know I I was fortunate enough to play in the big leagues with Derek Lee, and and that was like throwing to a. One of those batting practice screens, if you go to the big leagues and you, and you see those screens but during batting practice, it's like if you just get it in the zip code, you are going to uh, at least he's going to at least save you from making an error. Sometimes he saves you from yourself. Good, good first baseman do that. They save you from yourself. And I, I remember a conversation I had way back in 2007 when I was in spring training with the Red Sox. Mike Lowell was over there. And we were we were just casually eating lunch after a workout before a game one day. Mike wasn't playing and I wasn't starting. So we had a little bit extra time. And I just looked at him. I said, Mike, what was it? What was 03 like? And what was it like playing on that infield? And he just I mean, he like dropped his fork like it was like the greatest experience he ever had in his entire life. Because, you know, there, there was there's Luis Castillo. There was him. There was uh, Renteria. So that's three guys who have won gold gloves. And then you had D. Leo at first. He goes, did he was the key. He said so it, it really he like D Lee was the key because we knew if we got it in our right hand to just get it over there. And we had full confidence in in his ability to catch the ball or at least save us from ourselves. So, you know, and getting back to Christian, it it, it you could tell in some of these these plays that they that the Diamondback infield made, they have a ton of confidence over there. And it's even more remarkable given the fact that he doesn't he literally doesn't have the same catch radius as other guys. He's just not that big of a guy. But what he did do, and I noticed this on several throws. He was able to able to maneuver himself around the bag on the bag, use the entire that length of that side of the bag to to give himself a little bit extra catch radius. The good first baseman do that. They understand how to move around the bag and manipulate that position on the bag. Rizzo's very good at it, even though he may not be as mobile as he once was. Rizzo's very good at that. And and that's a, a little nuance piece that good first baseman, they all do it. Let's move to second base. The third place finisher at second base was Jonathan Scope of the Detroit Tigers. The second place finisher at second base played very well throughout the season, Andres Jimenez of the Cleveland Guardians. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award at second base is Brendan Rodgers of the Colorado Rockies. Brendan Rodgers led all second basemen with 22 defensive runs saved and 19 diving plays. He's the second Rocky second baseman to win, joining DJ LeMahieu, who won in 2017. I did an article earlier this year in which I talked to Brendan about his defense, and it wasn't the diving that Brendan worked on this past offseason. It was something else. The backhand, I think, even when I played short, it was probably the one that gave me a little more trouble than the forehand. So I think I just that running throw, Matt McMahon calls it my specialty now, get a a lefty hitting the ball up the middle and kind of throw it on the run for my backhand. So, yeah, it, it's definitely one I, I worked on quite a bit this offseason, especially the throw, turning the body and, and getting enough on it, knowing your runner. Brendan's defensive season changed. He got off to a little bit of a slow start, maybe even a rocky start, pardon the pun. But by May, he looked like a star. I think it was maybe earlier mid-May for about two weeks. I It felt like I had the like brick hands like I I just I didn't feel soft I didn't feel smooth with it so I actually saw on Twitter I think it was the Giants they had a a little red machine 
with that shoots these little foam balls out and i was like you know what that i think we have that machine in our cage like i've seen it before somewhere and i was like you know what i talked to Stu, our our infield coach and was like i think i think i need to be doing something previous to my ground balls to maybe like a routine to wake the hands up it's kind of like a cage routine to be honest i've done it every day since around that time when I was struggling, like maybe like mid-May. And I really think it's just enforced soft hands, being being ready for the, the tough hop, the in-between hop. They're soft balls, so you can't you can't go out and attack them or it's going to pop right out of your glove. So you got to be soft. You got to you gotta have some feel, some touch with them. So I honestly give a lot of credit to that machine because I do – I know it may sound like pretty pretty – what some baseball players call eyewash it's it is i think it really has helped my my defensive season turn around now to shortstop where the vote was extremely close the third place finisher is astros rookie jeremy pena the second place finisher is marlins veteran shortstop miguel rojas and the winner of the 2022 fielding bible award at shortstop is jorge mateo of the baltimore orioles Jorge Mateo led all shortstops by converting 72% of his double play opportunities. He ranked in the top three among shortstops in defensive runs saved and good fielding plays. He's the first Orioles shortstop to win the award. We're joined by 2022 Fielding Bible Award winner Jorge Mateo, the shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles, and interpreter Brandon Quinones. Jorge, hi, and congratulations. Gracias, gracias. Es un placer para mí en realidad este... Bible Award que me, que me están dando y, y es bastante especial. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to be, you know, awarded with this award. It, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. So in 2022, you finally got the chance to be an everyday shortstop in the major leagues. What was the overall experience of the season like for you? Oh, fue algo bien bonito para mí en realidad. Le doy muchas gracias a Dios por mantenerme saludable, la organización de Baltimore por darme la oportunidad y creer en mí que yo podía hacer el trabajo y gracias a Dios estamos aquí recibiendo el Bible Award. Yeah, something great, something really special for me, honestly. You know, I want to thank God for keeping me healthy all throughout the season. I want to thank the Orioles organization for giving me the opportunity to play uh, throughout the season and play shortstop. And it really means a lot to be, you know, given the, the Fielding Bible Award. Did you work on anything uh, leading into the season to help you get ready for this year? Claro que sí, claro que sí. En, en Spin Trainer tuve una conversación con el manager, me dijo que yo estaría, sabes, todos los días cogiendo práctica extra siempre para mejorar mi defensa. Y le doy gracias a Dios de que pude con esa práctica y gracias a Dios me fue súper bien. Yes, of course. You know, in spring training, our manager had a conversation with me and he told me that every every day in spring training I'd be receiving extra fielding work and in uh, a big part of it. Thanks to the fielding work that I put in, you know, it, it really paid off in the end. Do you have a favorite defensive play that you made during the season? And if so, can you tell us about it? <laughs> en realidad fueron algunas, entonces es difícil tener una en especial ahora mismo. Pero cada vez que hacía una jugada para salvar el juego, era algo súper especial para mí. In reality, I had a lot, so it's kind of hard to, to pick just one right now, but... Anytime I would make a defensive play to, you know, keep us in the game or win us the game, I think I would pick one of those scenarios. It was pretty cool to hear how excited the announcers for the Orioles in particular got of just about every nice play that you made as I was going through your highlights. Which coaches have helped you the most in the last year and what did they help you with? 
Eh, sí, no, en realidad eh, el coach de fildeo, Marcelino, me ayudaba bastante en, en el área de fildeo, igual que, que Fernández. Eh, siempre, sabes, se enfocaban en, en, en ayudarme de la mejor manera, pero todos los coaches en la organización siempre me daban, un, tú sabes, como un tips o algo para mejorar cada día y fue algo especial. Yeah, I mean, our fielding coaches, you know, Tony Mancelino and Jose Hernandez, you know, they, they, they worked a lot with me throughout the season and um, they really helped me out a lot, you know, so I would credit them for doing that. But honestly, all of our coaches this year, they, they were really good and they helped me out a lot, just giving me little tips here and there, trying to help me improve my game in multiple facets. Why were the Orioles so good? <laughs> Because they have a really good coaches. <laughs> Nice. Okay. And the players too, I would hope. Yeah, for uh, sure. We in there too. He's working on it. Nice. And then the last thing. Is there anything that you'll be working on in the winter to improve your game? Sí, claro que sí. Eh, ya empecé a trabajar la, a, a empezar a trabajar mi, mi strike zone decision, tú sabes, mejorar mi strike zone decision, tratar de, de, de hacer mejor contacto y algo que Estoy ansioso ya de que empiece pin trainer para poner mi trabajo. Yes, of course. You know, I've already started to work on my strike zone decision making at the plate and trying to make better contact at the plate. So those are some of the things I've started to work on already. And honestly, I'm anxious and excited to for spring training to, to pick up again and get going again. It was awesome to see Jorge Mateo put himself on the map both at the plate and with his speed and in the field this season. Jorge, congratulations again. Thanks for joining us. Gracias, un placer también. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All right, Bobby, let's talk middle infield. We've got two guys who won here. Let's start with Brendan Rodgers of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. I mean, that, that interview you did with him early in the year, Mark, was was interesting. One thing that I want to I touch on that a lot of people don't really either believe or understand, you can absolutely 100% go in a slump defensively. Everybody's like, well, your offense is suffering. You know, well, you know, you should never not bring your glove to the party. Okay, for me, offense is rhythm and timing. And guess what defense is, especially on the middle of the infield, rhythm, timing, and ability to pick out hops, which leads directly to, yes, rhythm and timing. So if your rhythm and timing were off, you can absolutely struggle. And I, I think how he rediscovered getting his rhythm and timing, they brought the machine out like we talked about, you know, like he talked about earlier in the year in your interview that you, that you did with him. And it allowed him to feel like his hands were warming up. You can shoot these. He mentioned that the balls were soft, so you can shoot them at a ridiculously high rate of speed. And what that does What he's talking about is he's introducing variability training into his training environment. What does that mean? Tennis balls, balls that bounce a lot, they are going to react different. So you have to react differently to catch them. So the one, when you get the ball in the game, you know what a baseball is going to do. It is predictable. It is hard. You understand the force and the feel of it. But introducing that other feel into your training, it just gives your senses and your, in your, in your body, in your perception a stimulus that it hasn't had previously. And it, it, it allowed him to get him, get himself out of that fielding slump and get his rhythm. As far as the backhand goes, I'm a little surprised. I was surprised that he actually said that because what we do know is if you play the middle infield, you play in the big leagues, you're, you're, you are a very good athlete. You are a very good athlete. And for him to have had struggle on that side, I think it's good that he identified that. And then he obviously went to work on it and made it a strength. And then he talked about the jump throw as well. As a, as, a, as a solid athlete, a guy who's played that left side of the diamond, certainly, you know, I'm sure he was able to make that throw. And, and now his arm plays up even further playing at second base. So, yeah, it, it's good to see that young man. I, I mentioned to you off air that, that he was uh, I, I remember going in. I, I picked 
2016, I was doing some 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 scouting work for the Angels, and I had it, the Atlanta system, and and I picked Atlanta versus Asheville on a couple of occasions to go do my work. And he was on one side of the field, obviously with the Asheville tourists, but on the other side of the field were three pretty good players, Max Freed, Austin Riley, and Ronald Acuna playing for the Rome Braves team. So that was fun. It's and it's good to see him at this point in his career. And all those guys at this point, at their, this point in their careers, uh, having success at the major league level. Brendan Rodgers wins his first career fielding Bible award at shortstop. A shortstop wins there. Jorge Mateo of the Baltimore Orioles. I should note the voting was really, really close here. Six different shortstops received a first place vote. There was, this was not a situation where one shortstop was way better than the rest. But Mateo comes out on top in our awards. Your thoughts on Jorge Mateo? Admittedly, Mark, I did not see a lot of Jorge Mateo during the year, so I had to go back and do a little homework. One of the things we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast and in, in casual conversation, me and you, and I know during our, our internal scout school we had with our video scouts here at Sports Info Solutions, was really good gifted players do things that are hard and they make them look easy. That's one of the things that literally jumped off the screen at me when I saw Jorge Mateo fielding a variety of balls with the Orioles this year. I mean, the routine play, it's routine and it looks routine. The difficult play, we know it's difficult by our play difficulty metrics. And also too, we know it's difficult just by, you know, that the subjective eye test of looking at a play, he makes it look easy. And the ones for me, he made several really difficult plays, especially a couple early in the year, I think where those guys in Baltimore, the outfielders were playing deeper. They were at home, so we know it's a bigger ballpark now. I think they're still trying to work out where to play. And there were big gaps between where the outfield were playing and where he was playing at shortstop. And he got on his horse a couple times and made a couple over-the-shoulder catches with his back to the infield. And one in particular against the Twins where he catches the ball, spins, and in one motion doubles off Luis Arias, who it was a poor base running play. But nonetheless, he still made a strong throw on one hop from about 165, 170 feet away out in short left, short center field. So rangy, kind of a lanky character, and and but he makes things, he's very smooth, very, they call it ease of operation in the scouting community. His ease of operation is very high, and that's what I was really impressed with with him. Yeah, he was someone, as you said, might not have necessarily seen him a lot in the past. I went and watched for the purposes of creating something for Twitter to try and find like highlight plays for him. And it's amusing to me how excited the Orioles announcers would get with every great play that he made. I, I like that. I like a player who can make the announcers go with a big time wow. So let's go to third base. And the voting was hot at the hot corner. It was extremely close. I can't state that enough. Our third place finisher was Matt Chapman of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's won in the past. Our second place finisher has won in the past as well, Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award at third base is Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals. Nolan Arenado won his fifth Fielding Bible Award, the most by a third baseman. He's one shy of Angelton Simmons and Yadier Molina for the most Fielding Bible Awards won. He's the first Cardinals third baseman to win the award. All right, so let's talk Nolan Arenado, who, as Justin said, has won five Fielding Bible Awards, most by a third baseman. This was an extremely tight vote. Two points separating first place from second place. The guy who was in second won last year. Bobby, let's focus on Nolan Arenado. Your thoughts on him? Arenado's got a track record of being a tremendous defender. Uh, this is one of those categories, but maybe not, maybe not as deep as the shortstop position. But if you look at what he did, and, and I'll full disclosure, I'll stand on it. 
I voted Key first and Arenado second. A- am I wrong for that? No, but I, I can't really have fault with Arenado winning this award. But Nolan Arenado is a tremendous athlete. He is a big man. And for me, the thing that sticks out about him, and it's not that he makes, we talk, We just talked about Jorge Mateo making hard plays look really easy in a level of ease of operation. Nolan Arenado doesn't necessarily have that level of ease of operation. His his game's a little more physical, a little more raw, a little more gritty. But man, he turns in some great plays and makes all the all of the routine ones as well. And so it, it, the guys won what this is his fifth Fielding Bible Award. He's, you know, he's won several other Fielding Awards. It's not like, you know, it's not like he's just popped out of nowhere and all of a sudden we like him a lot and he's a really good guy and, and we gave him our highest award at, the, at, at third base. He's definitely worthy. You know his body of work. Everybody's seen it. And it was, like you said, it was a very, very tight vote. And I, I don't know, between those two, I think it's those two, Cabrian Hayes and, and Nolan Arenado, it's, it's a tight vote. I think it's those two and probably a, a fair separation between three for in, in my eyes. Yep. And so, you know, Listen, I, I think it was it was a tremendous competition in this year. Arenado won, and so we'll see what happens next year. Yep, Kays won it last year, so I think they will be uh, going back and forth. It is uh, one of the cooler defensive rivalries in the game. We were to it really is coin such a term. Let's go to the outfield. We'll do the corners first. In left field, the third place finisher was Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles. The second place finisher much improved this year. Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs, and the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award for left field is Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians. Stephen Kwan was the only unanimous winner of a Fielding Bible Award this year. He easily led all left fielders with 21 runs saved and his 20 good fielding plays tied for the left field lead. Kwan is the first Guardians player to win the award for left field. We talked with Stephen Kwan earlier this year. The tone was set for him with a catch he made against Whit Merrifield in the first series of the season. Have you had a welcome to the Major League's defensive moment yet? I had a cool one in Kansas city for my debut. It was just kind of like a really short line drive from Whit Merrifield. I think it might've been the second game, but that was kind of like the first one where I let my instincts kind of take over, made the diving play. And then I was roared for it. So I think having that happen in my debut was kind of like an affirmation, like, okay, like you can trust your instincts. They're correct. You don't have to overthink these things. Just see ball and go get it. And Quan was very appreciative of the work done by a couple of coaches that have helped him hone his skills. JT McGuire, I would say, is it was the first one. He's a outfield coordinator, and he I came up with him. He was kind of new, and I got drafted, so we kind of got to rise together. But he had a ton of drills that were super unique, using like a tennis racket and like little mini golf balls with, with no glove, making sure you get really under it, and like you know you're not cheating and using the glove as a as a handicap. He was really helpful to me, and then obviously in the big leagues, Kyle Hudson. He's he's unbelievable. He like make sure we get our work in. We have really good conversations. <laughs> But then oftentimes he'll let me go and just let me play as well. And he's obviously and also like just confidence wise, he'll tell me, you know, I'm the I'm the man. I'm out there to make the plays, you know, as you know, macho as that is, that always feels really good to hear. So he's been really helpful. Let's move to right field where the third place finisher is Dalton Varsho of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The second place finisher is Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award for right field is Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mookie Betts won his fifth Fielding Bible Award, one shy of Angelton Simmons and Yadier Molina for most overall. He led all right fielders in the range component of defensive runs saved. All right, Bobby, let's talk about the winners of the corners. We'll start with the rookie, Stephen Kwan, who was the only rookie to win this year. We've had rookies win in the past, including mm-hmm. Mike Trout, Trey Tulowitzki, and Cabrian Hayes. Mm-hmm. What impresses you most about Stephen Kwan? 
Well, anytime, I, again, we touched on it earlier. Anytime that you come to the big leagues, there's a massive learning curve. The learning curve is really straight up. I mean, it's it's not a curve. It's more of a Mount Everest. The the, tr- the jump from AAA to the major leagues is is tr- is massive, and it's not just massive offensively for for position players or you know for pitchers in terms of you know throwing strikes things of that nature, but but for position players particularly, it is massive on defense as well. Guys hit the ball harder. You're playing consistently every night in stadiums that have a third deck. Lights are in different places than you've ever seen them before. But being on a major league baseball field at night in a major league, like in a in a major league environment, is like playing in the daytime. It, it's that it's that bright. You've never played under that level of brightness at night. It's a weird contrast. It takes time to get used to these things. There's they're all new environments. You've probably never been to most of these places before and played. So for a young player like Stephen Kwan to come up and be able to navigate all these things and and all and actually offensively had a tremendous year. I know it's not part of this award, but again, it's part of the player psyche. It says a lot about the young man. It says a lot about Cleveland's player development system. And and for me, it says a lot about Terry Francona, who uh, you know has been effusive in his praise for Stephen Kwan and and, and Miles Straw, who we'll get to in a moment. But also too, it, it says a lot about Tito and his patience with these young men. And allowing them to go out and be free. So uh, kudos to this young man. He he's a you know you had him on the podcast earlier in the year. Very he's prepared. His he listens to his coaches. He takes their advice. He understands. He listens to the pitch com, and, and so he positions him. You know makes micro adjustments accordingly in the outfield. Young man did a great job, and and it's great to see young guys come up and have that level of pride in their defense and understand that that's going to help keep them in the major leagues. It's going to help them win games. They got away all the way to the division series. And so hopefully years to come for, for himself and that Cleveland fan base, they, they've got a good one out there. And he hit well in the division series as well. And at this point, I think we kind of know what we get with Mookie Betts. Again, he's going for, for the six, two. He's got five Fielding Bible Awards. What do you like most about him? Mookie is tremendous. Mookie is, uh, I just, I, I love, one of the things that I did a lot of when, when I when I was teaching outfielders in Pittsburgh is I had a lot of Mookie Betts tape on my teaching tapes. And the reason why is because I believe that he has the best feet possibly of any outfielder in the game. And poss- and I know for a fact the best feet of any right fielder in the game. And for me, th- those roots all go back to his time as a second baseman and shortstop as he came through Boston system. One of the one of the most underrated things that I think he does is is his ability to throw you know, especially going to that line and do that spin throw. That's a dire- that's a direct line to his days as an infielder. So his attention to detail out there, I think he takes an infield mentality out there playing outfield. We know he played some second base this year, but but I think he takes a real infield mentality as far as his his jumps, his routes, and his footwork. I should say his footwork and his jumps and his routes, because that is the proper order out there. And I think that's what serves him well, being the, the, the Fielding Bible Award winner in right field. In 2016, I wrote an article for ESPN in which I quoted Doug Lanville, who told me he's still figuring out how to be efficient in his routes. And it sounds to me, based on what you said, like he's done that very, very well. As Doug said at the time, this was 2016, sky's the limit. And he's won five fielding by the Lords. I agree. So center field gets separate billing here. And again, a very close vote. Victor Robles of the Nationals finishes in third place. Last year's winner, Michael A. Taylor, finishes second. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award for center field is Miles Straw of the Cleveland Guardians. Miles Straw led all center fielders with 24 good fielding plays and seven outfield arm runs saved. 
He's the first Guardian center fielder to win the award. When we spoke to Stephen Kwan, he was very strong in his praise of Miles Straw. Bobby, what do you like about the Guardian center fielder? Oh, I I, I love him. I, and again, he's like he's one of he's one like Jorge Mateo. I, it, it's weird. I'd actually seen Stephen Kwan play a little bit more left field than I saw Miles Straw play center, which is kind of sounds odd. But it just maybe I hadn't focused on him. But when I went back and did my homework on this young man, yeah, it's it's tremendous. It, the the thing I like too about him and is the arms run safe, the the throwing arms run, run safe. To me, that is one of the true, true, true lost arts of our game is the ability to throw, throw accurately to cut off men and throw accurately to bases. We don't do enough of it in our game. We see too many missed cutoff men. We see too many opportunities where you can shut down that extra 90 and, you know, keep a, a single should be a single, you know, get that 50, 50 ball in the gap where a guy may think he's able to go or that ball where a guy may be, you know, think I can, I can tag up an advance of base here. And Miles Straw shut a lot of those down. And what's going to end up happening is teams are going to stop running, which means that's that's another that's like another substat. Okay, I'm not going to run on this guy because I know not only can he does he have a tremendous arm, but he's has tremendous accuracy. Because you can ha- you there were guys, and I'm not going to n- mention any names. There are guys could throw it through a brick wall from the outfield, but one out of every three or four of them was going in a row double Z. So his his ability to shut those runs down from the extra 90s down from the outfield is a tremendous tremendous asset. And once again, very difficult for a center fielder to win this award in consecutive years. Lorenzo Kane was able to do it. Michael A. Taylor came in second in the voting this year. Center field, very, very good. A lot of parity this year in particular mm-hmm. at that position. Let's move to pitcher, where the third place finisher was Tyler Anderson of the Los Angeles Dodgers. The second place finisher was Taiwan Walker of the New York Mets. And the winner of the 2022 Fielding Bible Award at pitcher is Ranger Suarez of the Philadelphia Phillies. Ranger Suarez led all pitchers with nine defensive runs saved. He didn't allow a stolen base all season. Suarez finished second on the Phillies in runs saved, trailing only battery made JT Real Muto. Suarez is the first Phillies pitcher to win a Fielding Bible Award. I saw Suarez make a couple of nice plays against the Mets earlier this season. He handled the ninth inning bunt in the clinching game of the NLCS with no problem whatsoever. If you're going to bunt on someone, Ranger Suarez is not a guy to bunt against. Bobby, your thoughts on Ranger Suarez? That bunt solidified why he should win that award, handling that play. All it's it's the the bunt, wet field. You have a guy in Grisham that can run. It was a poor bunt, but nonetheless, he can still run. It was a critical time in the game. No problem. Hopped off the mound, handled his business, threw a strike to first base. We have gotten away from and I think there's a lot of factors. It's, we're going to get there's going to be a lot of pitchers get exposed next year. We've sold out to power on, at the plate. We've sold out to velocity on the mound. With that velocity comes I won't say poor mechanics, but poor finishing. And when you can't when you're not finishing in any type of of balance whatsoever, you can't possibly fit, field your position. That said, it's not like Suarez is a soft tosser out there. It's ninety it's ninety three ninety four, which is about league average. But nonetheless. His mechanics allow him to finish in a really strong fielding position, which then allow his athletic ability to take over. And he's able to move and make plays and help himself off the mound. It is a massive piece. We don't do enough of it. We don't focus on it enough inside the game. If I sound like I'm a little triggered right now, I am because I think it's about being a complete player. Whatever your position is, be complete at it. I I, I voted him first. I love that he's first. I think it was accurate and sky's the limit with him. And, and 
you know, obviously they got a really big series left to play. Zach Greinke has won the award multiple times in years past. His kind of the standard set are him and Mark Burley in recent years at that position. We may have a new one in Ranger Suarez. The Fielding Bible Award for multi-position play goes to the player who demonstrates excellence in defensive versatility. The third place finisher was Taylor Walls of the Tampa Bay Rays for second base and shortstop. The second place finisher is Dalton Varsho of the Arizona Diamondbacks, who played catcher and the outfield. And the winner of the Fielding Bible Award for multi-position play is Tommy Edmond of the St. Louis Cardinals. Tommy Edmond ranked third with 12 defensive runs saved at second base. On a per-inning basis, he had the second-fewest misplays at second base and the fewest at shortstop. He's the first Cardinals player to win the multi-position award, which was first awarded in 2014. And we're joined by 2022 Fielding Bible Award winner, Tommy Edmond, infielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. So you won for excellence in multi-position play. What was the multi-position experience like for you this year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I've done pretty much my whole career thus far. And, and what's funny is that I've played different positions each year. So my rookie and my second year, I played mostly third, a little bit of second, a little bit of outfield mixed in. And then the past couple of years, I've gotten to play up the middle a little bit more. And I would say this year has probably been the most fun from a defensive standpoint, just because I've, I, I played most of my career growing up. I would play, I played second and short. So to get back to the positions that I've played the most was definitely a fun experience. And, and it was great that I got to excel at both positions. So do you have a favorite defensive play that you made this season? Favorite defensive play? Let's see. I always enjoy, I've had a couple of these the past couple of years, the ones where I'm at, at second base. And it's a pop-up in foul territory, and I run all the way down the right field line. And I, I've I've caught a couple balls where I've kind of caught them and then gone flying into the screen. I made one of those. I think the best one I made was actually last year in 2021 in Cincinnati, but I think I made two pretty good ones this year in St. Louis. I can't remember when they would have been, but those are always fun. The diving catches are fun, and then at short, I had a couple diving backhands in the hole where I had to get up and make a long throw. So those are probably the the ones that I'm. I get most excited about. Is there anyone that you want to shout out among your coaches this year for their assistance in helping you become the defender that you've been? Yeah, so Stubby Clapp, who is our first base coach and infield coach. I mean, we've worked together since, even since AAA. So that was back in 2018. Actually, 2017, when I got called for playoffs. So I've worked with him for five or six years now. And he's just been very helpful. We, we talked through a lot of things infield-wise. We get our routine down that we've gotten pretty locked in the past couple of years. And then also a bunch of situational stuff. And I think that's one thing that has helped me out the last couple of years is not only just positioning based on the hitters tendencies, but kind of reading the swings mid game too, and making adjustments based on that. So Stubby and I are always talking about that and take kind of making notes throughout the course of the game just to see if we should change anything. So he's, he's a guy that I, I work with a lot infield wise. You also graded out as the top base runner by Sports Info Solutions metrics this year. And I feel like that there are aspects of both being smart in base running and being smart defensively that kind of come together. And I know you come from a family where you've had, where you've certainly been around the game forever. In terms of baseball intellect, is there anyone that you want to credit for that? Yeah, on the Cardinals team, I think base running wise and defensively wise, Stubby, obviously, since he's the first base coach, and then Pop Warner, who's our third base coach, we do a, a ton of prep work and they do they just do so much work behind the scenes, just trying to watch opposing pitchers, looking for tells and stuff like that. I mean, that's a huge, huge part of the game and a, a reason why I'm able to, to be successful on base paths. I mean, I think going back a little bit farther, I mean, my dad was a has been a baseball coach, I think 25 years now. 
and I pretty, I grew up around the game. I went, to, I've gone to games ever since I was first born. So I think just being around baseball so much probably helped my, I guess, baseball IQ develop a little earlier and it's kind of continued to build the more I've been around the game. So that's definitely a huge part of it, huge part of the foundation as well. Last question. Is there anything you're planning to work on this winter baseball-wise? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always working on different aspects of the game, whether that's offensive, base running, defensive. Honestly, base running, I, I work on kind of more during once spring training starts and, and the offensive side starts a little bit earlier. Actually, we'll probably start hitting in the next few weeks or so. And from a defensive standpoint, I think given that I played a lot of short at the end of the year and there's a chance I'll play mostly short next year, I'm going to make sure I stay on top of my arm care, making sure I'm being able to make that, that throw from deep in the hole at short throughout the year. So that'll be a big emphasis in my offseason as well. And then obviously all the, all the double play turns that you have to make. And what will be interesting too, that I'm sure we'll work on and kind of talk about a lot during spring training is the fact that there's no shift next year. So we, I, I haven't really given much thought as to how that'll affect our positioning and shifting. If maybe there's going to be some different strategies we'll employ, but I'm sure that'll be a big point of discussion next year in, in spring. Tommy Edmond, Fielding Bible Award winner. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Tommy Edmond has probably been mentioned more on this podcast by Bobby and I this season than any other player. Bobby, I love Tommy Edmond because fill in the blank. Well, first of all, I love Tommy Edmond because I do have a familiar connection with him. His father, John, was our volunteer assistant for two years at the University of Michigan when he was in grad school. I remember all of the kids when they were just babies, baby, literally babies. Yes, I, I, I love the family. I've spoken with Tommy a few times here and there. He really probably doesn't remember who I am outside the, the few conversations we had. And, you know, his dad probably talking about me around the house from time to time. But I also love Tommy Edmond because he's one hell of a baseball player and he's a complete baseball player. He's at his ability to play multiple positions. Guys, this is really, really hard. Remember the, the birth of the super utility kind of with, you know, Sean Figgins down, then the guy who plays every day, but doesn't know when he gets, doesn't know where he's playing until he gets to the park. Sean Figgins, you had the Ben Zobris of the world. He made a lot of money, did a really nice job at that for a long time. Tommy Edmonds is giving himself an opportunity to be that guy because of his athletic ability, his intelligence, his willingness to do it. You, this is one piece that isn't always talked about. Guys don't want to do it because it's hard. It's extra work. You have to be able to play. You know, he's going to get reps at second. He's going to get rep, reps at shortstop. He's probably going to get some reps at third. And then at a pinch, they're going to throw him in the outfield. And then on top of it, again, this is not a offensive award, but he produces offensively as well. That is really, really difficult to do. It was a tight vote between him and Varsho, as it should be. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Dalton Varsho, what he's asked to do, it's not second base and shortstop is hard enough. Second base, third base, hard. You know, second short outfield's hard. You put that gear on, that's a whole nother level. Yep. And so, you know, it, it, it was, that was a, that was a tough, tough vote. It's only one winner and it is what it is. And, and Tommy Edmond got it this year. And Tommy Edmond, certainly this is true at a couple of different positions, certainly multiple players deserving. And as you said, only one winner. One cool stat from this year, there were no repeat winners, no winners from the 2021 class in the 2022 group. So let's repeat the winners of the 2022 Fielding Bible Awards. At catcher, Jose Trevino of the Yankees. At first base, Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks. At second base, Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies. At shortstop, Jorge Mateo of the Orioles. At third base, Nolan Arenado 
Machado of the Cardinals. In left field, Stephen Kwan of the Guardians. In center field, Miles Straw, also of the Guardians. In right field, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. At pitcher, Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. And the multi-position winner is Tommy Edmond of the Cardinals. Bobby, your final thoughts. Defense matters. You have to catch the ball. You look at the teams that succeed late into the season, the teams that win the divisions. On average, there's there might be a real outlier this year, but on average, to be, to make long runs, you got you got to pitch it, you got to catch it, and that gives your offense a chance to get just one more run than the other team. I, and I say there might be an outlier. We know the Phillies had a tough time with defense this year, but they got better at it, and I think that was part of the key to their success as they moved into this run. But this is a source of pride for guys. Guys want to be complete. I, I like this award because it represents a complete baseball player. It's not just hitting. It's not just trying to launch balls in the seat. It's about it's about taking away hits from others. It's about saving runs for your team and giving your team an opportunity to win the game. So uh, it, it, it's, it's about being a complete baseball player. I've, I've ranted on that many times on this podcast and other places where anybody can hear me or watch, listen, uh, read what I've written. And so I really, really love this award. And Mark, I want to I want to salute you and the rest of the crew here at SIS that that compile all these stats and you do a lot of the legwork. You guys have done a, a large part in making this award what it is, and you will be a big part of watching this award grow in the future. Us and the video scouts that do the tracking for Roots Info Solutions 100%. as well. And this wraps up Fielding Bible Awards show. For Bobby Scales, our guests, and our producer, Justin Stein, thank you for listening to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.